reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Again, Jesus left the district of Tyre and went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee into the district of the Decapolis. And people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged Jesus to lay his hand on him. Jesus took the man off by himself away from the crowd. He put his finger into the man's ears and spitting touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned and said to him, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately the man's ears were opened. His speech impediment was removed and he spoke plainly. Jesus ordered them not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished and they said, He has done all things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute to speak. The Gospel of the Lord. Sometimes uh, people like to ask us priests, what do we like best about being priests? What do we like doing the best? There's, the answer usually comes in, well, I like everything, but I especially like, some say saying Mass, some say preaching, some say hearing confessions, some say whatever. Um, and all of those answers are perfectly good and great and pious and holy and wonderful. But if they were to ask us instead, what is the tenderest thing that you do as a priest or maybe a deacon? The answer would probably have to be the tenderest thing that we do as priests and deacons is baptizing little itty bitty babies. It's so beautiful, it's so wonderful. The younger they are, the closer they are to their moment of creation, the more delicate and sweet and tender and lovely and soft and cuddly and just plain beautiful are those little children as we do the rituals around them, anoint them and pour water over their heads and dress them in white and all of that. It's a lovely, lovely thing. Perhaps the most tender part of that tender sacrament with those little itty bitty babies is a part that most people just sort of don't even remember that we do. It happens at the end of the ceremony, almost the very end, before the final blessings. You've already anointed them twice, you've poured water over their heads, you've given them a beautiful white garment, and you've given them a candle, and then, and then we do something that is really so fleeting that people sometimes don't even realize it's happened. The priest or the deacon touches the ears that child makes a small sign of the cross on the ear. And then he touches the mouth, beautiful little baby mouth, and does the same and makes a small sign of the cross. While the priest or the deacon says these simple, beautiful words, the Lord Jesus made the deaf hear and the mute speak. May he soon touch your ears to receive his word 
and your mouth to proclaim his faith to the praise and glory of God the Father. Amen. Amen? Someone say amen. It's a lovely moment. Just the tenderness, the, the, the soft skin of that baby, you know, touching those fragile little baby ears and those delicate little mouths and saying that beautiful prayer. You know, if anybody asks, what's the tenderest thing you do as a priest or a deacon? That's got to be it. If you've recognized or sensed that there's some kind of connection between that moment and the rite of baptism and the gospel, then of course you're absolutely correct in sensing that. The story that we hear in Mark's Gospel tonight, is a this morning, is a powerful one. It's this dramatic story where Jesus is coming back down through pagan territory and then he ends up back in Galilee, but he's kind of in the, what they call the Decapolis, which is the Greek for the ten cities, the Roman cities. So it's a part of Galilee that, where, where the Romans kind of hang out and where the Jewish people who aren't that into, you know, observing their religion um, with all kinds of devotion and everything. They don't necessarily go to the synagogue every, every Saturday and they're not that, that observant. They kind of hang out there too because they kind of like living with the Romans. And that's the area where this thing happens. So the people who bring this deaf and mute man to Jesus are probably, you know, what we would call kind of secularized people. You know, they're not big into faith and religion and all that kind of stuff. You know, they're, they're bringing him to Jesus because they want to fix him. You know, they, they don't have any great faith in Jesus as the Messiah or the Son of God or anything. They just heard he can heal people, so here they come with this guy, see if this Jesus fellow can fix those ears and fix that mouth for him. What happens next, though, is really extraordinary. Jesus takes the man and he takes him aside. And instead of just laying a hand on him like they asked him to, Jesus does something really intimate, but also kind of crazy. He, he takes the man and he puts his fingers in his ears. You can almost imagine him forcing his fingers into his ears. And, and then he takes his own spittle from his mouth and puts it in the other man's mouth. And then, then he lets out this, this groan as he prays to his father, this groan from the depths of his being, and says that powerful word, ekphatha, Hebrew word for be opened. It's a command. And if this feels like a strong moment, a powerful moment, a moment where Jesus is digging deep into his soul to to not only heal this man, but in a sense to heal the creation, then, then you're getting the picture. Mark wants us to kind of hearken back to the original first verses of Genesis, where God is forming the earth, creating the world, and pushing back against the powers of darkness, pushing back against the powers of nothingness, pushing back against those terrible powers of chaos, so that he can create this fragile and tender and beautiful world of ours. That's what Jesus is doing. In a sense, he's, he's completing creation for this man by pushing back against darkness, back against nothingness, back against muteness, back against deafness, and restoring him or giving him a new life.
life, giving him a new creation, finishing the creation that was incomplete at his birth. And with that groan and with that powerful word, epitha, and with his fingers in his ears and his saliva in his mouth, Jesus accomplishes something which is extraordinary. He gives this man new life, a new opportunity to live, the ability now not only to hear the voices of his neighbors, but to hear the voice of God. And the possibility and the opportunity and the new beginning to take his own voice and express his deepest feelings, to share his thoughts and his prayers and the songs that may be in his heart out loud for the first time. It's a wonderful moment. It's a moment of creation as Jesus pushes back against darkness, against chaos, against nothingness and restores the world to the way it should be in this deaf and mute man. It's a beautiful moment, and it's deeply connected to the sacrament of baptism to this day. Now, in this story, Jesus then does something kind of, which is hard for us to understand nowadays. He asks the people not to talk about it. He says, let's just keep this between you and us, between you and me. Okay, this is not for publication. This is just a special moment It's for us. Don't go blabbing about this to everybody else. And he has reasons for doing that, mostly because he doesn't want them to come and make him king or something. But nobody respects it. The people immediately go out and start blabbing away about Jesus healing this guy. And, and with good reason. They've seen something extraordinary. And Mark kind of winks at Jesus' command because he puts the story in his gospel so that it's going to be read and shared for the next couple thousand years. And the church doesn't even obey Jesus. It puts the story right into its most foundational sacrament of baptism so that every time we baptize anybody, we remember this story and this man and this moment in Jesus' life. And, and if we take just a moment to think about our own baptism, you know, whether it was five years ago or whether it was 95 years ago, you know, the, the priest or the deacon touched our ears, and touched our mouth and made a small sign of the cross and said that beautiful prayer. May the Lord Jesus who made the deaf hear and the mute speak, may he soon touch your ears to receive his word and your mouth to proclaim his faith, the praise and glory of God the Father. Amen. That prayer was said for us. Our ears were opened and our mouths were given the freedom to speak. And what a blessing that our ears too, in a new creation, were given new life so that we could hear the voice of God whether it comes to us in the whisper of prayer, whether it comes to us in the words we find in the scriptures, whether it comes to us maybe even in the cry of the poor, we now, blessed be God forever, can hear God's voice. And maybe more important for our world, which desperately needs all kinds of new creation in it, we have the privilege we have the opportunity, we have the commission, really, to proclaim the goodness of God 
to praise and glorify God in song, in prayer, in worship, maybe most of all by the small things we say to one another gently and lovingly and tenderly. I care. I love. I forgive. You are a blessing to me. God 